We're going to learn in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the fourth piece in Hilchus Masa HaKarbanos. This is Perak Yotes Halacha Yud Gimel. And Rab Chaim has a nice original idea about the remaining blood in the vessel after the Kohen begins doing the Zrika. So he does a little bit of the sprinkling. What is the status of the remaining blood in that vessel? Now, the case that the Rambam is discussing is where someone did part of the Zrika inside the Beis HaMikdash and part of it outside where they should not have done it. In what cases are they responsible for having done Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash? If someone does part of the zrika of the blood outside the Beis HaMikdash, they're obligated. If somebody takes the blood of the sacrifice in one cup, and then they do some of the zrika outside, and then subsequently they do some of the zrika inside, they're obligated for what they did outside. Because at the moment they did the zrika outside, it was fit blood to be used in the Mizbeach. So since they did it outside instead, they're obligated. But if they reverse the procedure, if first they do it inside, and then then they sprinkle outside. So in this case, they did some of the Zrika inside, followed by some of the Zrika outside, then putter, then he's exempt. Because the blood that he sprinkled outside is just leftovers. It's Shirayim, but it's not actually eligible blood for Zrika. So he's not going to be punished for using that extra remaining blood outside. So now, so far, all of this is talking about when the whole blood was in one cup. What if it was in two different cups? So then the Rambam says, In the case where the blood was split into two different cups, then it doesn't matter, regardless of whether he did both of them outside, or he does one outside, then one inside, or one inside, then one outside. In all of those cases, he's chayiv. So the case of two cups is more strict than the case of one cup, because when it's one cup, if he does inside followed by outside, he's potter. But in the case of two cups, even inside followed by outside is chayiv. He's chayiv in all cases of two cups. Now the Ravid asks that this halacha of the Rambam goes against the Mishnah, because the Mishnah says that when it's two cups, if he does one inside followed by outside, he's putter. And the Gemara clarifies that it's putter according to both of the main opinions as to what the status of this leftover blood is. So there's a machlokus between the Tanakama and Reb Lezer, Reb Shimon, how we define the leftover blood. Reb Lezer, Reb Shimon calls it shirayim, that it's leftover blood. So it's not inherently invalid to be used, but rather it's leftover because whatever was needed was already used, and this is just the remainder. The Tanakama, the first opinion, disagrees and holds that it's nidcha, it's actually pushed off, so it's inherently invalid because the blood that was needed was used and the remainder becomes actively invalid. But according to both of these major positions, whether it's shirayim or whether it's dichui, both agree to the rule of the Mishnah that when there's two cups and he uses one of them for zrika, if he then uses the other one for zrika outside, he's putter because either it's shirayim or it's dichui. So the Ravid asks why the Rambam rules against the halacha of the Mishnah when the Gemara says that both sides agree to it. Now that's what the Gemara in Zvachim on Kofir says. The Mishnah says that if he puts the blood in one cup and then he does the zrika inside followed by zrika outside, he's chayiv. 
So the Gemara explains that that's the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia, who disagrees with the mainstream opinions, and the Rambam rules against Rabbi Nechemia because he ruled in that case where first he did inside followed by outside that he's putter because it's called Shirayim. So the Rambam rules against Rabbi Nechemia. And then the Mishnah continues with the case of two cups of blood, and it says that if he sprinkles inside followed by outside, he's putter. So the Gemara says that that follows the view of the Tanakama of Rabbi Lezer Brab Shimon, who said that it's dichui, the remaining blood is inherently pushed off. So that's why if he sprinkled the first cup inside and then he sprinkles the second cup outside, he's putter. So the Gemara makes clear that both sides, Rabbi Lezer Brab Shimon, as well as the Tanakama, whether it's Shirayim or whether it's dichui, both of them are going to agree to this latter halacha that in the case of two cups, if he sprinkles inside followed by outside, he's putter. So the Raivet has a very good question on the Rambam. Why does he rule against the Mishnah, which both sides agree to? So in order to explain the Rambam, Reb Chaim explains that there's a key difference between whether the extra blood becomes Shirayim versus if it's Dachui. If it's Shirayim, so that means that it's extra remainder blood. It's not needed for the mitzvah. And the way this blood was transformed into the Shirayim is because the other blood was used for the mitzvah. So that actively changes whatever blood is left over into Shirayim. So the new halacha of this Shirayim blood is that it gets poured at the base of the Mizbeach. Originally, it would have been used for Zrika, but since the Zrika was done for other blood, so the new halacha becomes that this blood, the extra blood, gets poured at the base of the Mizbeach. But according to the other view, that the remaining blood is dachui, it gets pushed off, so that's a passive process. It's not active. The remaining blood doesn't get a new status in halacha, but rather since the blood was used for Zrika. So automatically, whatever's left over and wasn't used for the Zrika gets pushed off from the Zrika. But that's just a passive process. Since there's no longer a Zrika, so whatever blood is left over is pushed off from the Zrika. But nothing actively transforms the status of that blood. So there's a key difference between Shirayim versus Dichoi. Shirayim is active. That since this blood was not used for the Zrika, it's transformed transformed into a different status and it gets poured at the base of the Mizbeach. But the Dichui approach is passive. Since there's no more Zrika going on and there's leftover blood, so it's pushed off from the Zrika. So now there's going to be a big practical difference between these two perspectives because the Mishnah at the beginning of the fourth chapter of Zvachim on Lamed Vav Amid says that once the Kohen did one of the Zrikas, there's four Zrikas that he's supposed to do, but once he does one of them, he already atoned for the owners and even if he omits the next three it's still a valid carbon and the owners atoned through this carbon so one of the zrikas is really enough even though he's supposed to do four so now Rab Chaim says something very sharp that what happens after the Kohen does that first zrika so now the sacrifice atoned what's the status of the remaining blood now, obviously, it's not pushed off because he still needs to use more of that blood for the rest of the Zrikas. But Rab Chaim says that on the perspective that the rest of the blood becomes Shirayim, so that takes effect as soon as the first Zrika was done. Whatever blood is remaining,
remaining in the vessel is considered Shirayim blood and it's transformed its status because now the Zrika has been performed. Even though the Zrika is not over because he's supposed to do three more Zrikas, but the Zrika is over in the sense that it's no longer holding up the process. So as soon as the Zrika has been fulfilled, the rest of the blood turns into Shirayim. It changes its status. Even though he's going to continue using this blood for more Zrika, so it's not Dachoy, it has not been pushed off. This is a very clever step from Rab Chaim. He's arguing that Shirayim can take effect even before the Zrika is totally finished. As soon as the minimum necessary part of Zrika is done, so the rest of the blood becomes Shirayim. So the blood could be Shirayim even though it's still being used. And the Shirayim part comes before the Dachoy part. The Dachoy does not come until he's done with the Zrika and there's no more use for this blood. So then the rest of the blood turns into Dachoy. So again, this has to do with the passive versus active change. Since the Shirayim is an active transformation, so as soon as he fulfills the minimum of Zrika, the rest of the blood is transformed into Shirayim. But since the Dachoy is a passive transformation, once there's no more use for the remaining blood, so that only happens when the the whole Zrika is done, not just the bare minimum part of it, but the whole thing is finished, so there's no more use for this blood. So now, based on this, Rab Chaim interprets the Gemara in Zvachanan Lamed Chesamid Beis. Rabbi Yochanan said that the three remaining Zrikas of the Chatas, that if someone does them outside the Beis Hamikdash, they're Chayiv. So Rabbi Yochanan is saying explicitly that even though he did one Zrika in the Beis Hamikdash, if he then does Zrika with the remaining blood outside the Beis Hamikdash, he's Chayiv. So now, this is the exact case that Rab Chaim was just talking about where one Zrika was done. And Rab Chaim said that the blood in that case changes status. It's now Shirayim blood, even though he's going to continue using it for Zrika. Both of those coexist. And the Gemara is saying that if he does Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash, he's Chayiv. But Rab Chaim asks, why should he be Chayiv if this is Shirayim blood? Even though it's not Dachui because he's not done with the Zrika, but he's already done the required Zrika. So the remaining Zrikas are a mitzvah, but they're not going to hold up the atonement. And according to Rab Chaim, at that point, the blood already gets the status of Shirayim blood. So why should he be Chayiv if he sprinkles it outside the Beis HaMikdash? Why shouldn't he get the exemption of Shirayim? blood. So Rab Chaim suggests that maybe the case of Rabbi Yochanan in the Gemara is talking about where there was no transformation of Shirayim. So for example, it was in two different cups. So the Kohen used one cup, but that's not going to change the blood in the other cup. Or there's another case in the Gemara of blood that was never collected by the Kohen, so it's still sitting on the animal's body. So that blood also does not become Shirayim. So in either of those cases, either there's two cups or there's blood that was and collected, either of those bloods do not become Shirayim. And that could be the case that Rabbi Yochanan saying that if he sprinkles it outside the Beis HaMikdash, he's obligated. But in the standard case where all the blood was in one cup and the Kohen did one Zrika from that cup, even though he hasn't completed the remaining three Zrikas, according to Rab Chaim, the remaining blood transforms into Shirayim blood. And if he does Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash, he's exempt. So that's the way Rab Chaim makes sense of that Gemara on Lamed Chesim 
Lamed Beis with his overall approach. So now what emerges from this framework is that there's a key difference between whether the blood was all in one cup or it was split into two cups. If it was all in one cup, so then we apply the concept of Shirayim and that takes effect even before the whole Zrika process is finished. As soon as one Zrika is done, the remaining blood transforms into Shirayim. That's all if it's in one cup. But if it's split into two cups, so we do not apply Shirayim from one cup to the other. So if he did Zrika with the blood in one of the cups, it's not going to transform the blood in the other cup. The only concept we would apply is Dachui, that it's pushed off from the Zrika, but that's only going to take effect after the whole process of Zrika is over. So putting it all together, when all of the blood is in one cup, the exemption of doing the Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash, which is the Shirayim, kicks in after the first Zrika is done properly. Whereas if the blood is split into two cups, so then the exemption for doing it outside the Beis HaMikdash, which is Dachui, only kicks in when all of the Zrikas have been completed. So now, says Rab Chaim, this is going to answer the Rambam's interpretation of the Gemara. Because the Rambam here is talking about before the Zrikas were completed. That's how he introduced this halacha, hazorek miktsas matanos, someone who did some of the sprinklings outside the Beis HaMikdash. So it's talking about the case on Lamed Chesamud Beis where the Zrikas have not been completed yet. So that's why the Rambam rules stringently that if the blood is split into two different cups, even though he already did a proper Zrika, but if he then takes the other cup and goes outside and does Zrika, he's chayiv. Because the Zrika on the first cup is not going to transform the blood in the second cup, as we just said. Because the Shirayim leniency doesn't go from one cup to the other cup. So the only leniency in that case would be the Dachui, but since he hasn't completed the Zrikas, so there's no leniency of Dachui. So that's why the Rambam holds his chayiv in that case. This all follows from Rabbi Yochanan on Lamed Chesamid Beis. But that doesn't contradict the Mishnah on Kuf Yud Aleph, because the Mishnah is talking about where all of the Zrikas were done. So then, of course, course the blood in the second cup is putter because once the zrikas are done then the halacha of dachui kicks in so if he then takes the second cup outside the base mikdash and does zrika he's totally exempt because of dachui the dachui kicked in when all of the zrikas were done so that's the difference between the rambam's case and the mishnah later on the rambam is talking about in the middle of the process of zrika whereas the mishnah later on is talking about after all the zrikas were done properly now there's one potential problem with Rabbi Chaim's approach, because the Rambam in Hilchus Psulei Amukdash in Perak Beis, when he quotes this halacha, so he just records a blanket rule that if someone did zrika in the Beis Hamikdash and then they take some of the blood and do more zrika outside the Beis Hamikdash, they're chayiv. But according to Rab Chaim's analysis, that's only true if the blood was split into two different cups. If all of the blood was in one cup, as soon as he did one zrika, he would be exempt if he then did zrika outside the Beis Hamikdash. So why does the Rambam not clarify that the whole halacha that he's chayiv is only talking about with two cups? It's not talking about when there's one cup. That seems to contradict Rab Chaim's reading in the Rambam. So Rab Chaim answers that even though his distinction is 
correct, the Rambam doesn't make it explicitly in Hilchos Psulei Amukdashim because we have to look at what the Rambam's purpose is in each place. In Hilchos Psulei Amukdashim, he's just trying to tell us the halacha that even though there was a zrika, if he does more zrika outside the Beis Hamikdash, he's chayiv. So the Rambam doesn't want to get into the details of whether it's one cup or two cups. It's enough that there is a case where he would be chayiv, which is the case where there were two different cups. So the Rambam just leaves it at that and he doesn't get into the details. But says Rab Chaim, the Rambam did get into the details in Hilchus Masa Karbanos because there he's ruling on the status of the blood. So there it is relevant for him to draw this distinction between one cup and two cups. So that's why in these halachas, the Rambam makes explicit that if it was all in one cup, then he's going to be exempt even before all the zrikas were done. As opposed to if it was in two cups, so then he's only going to be exempt after the zrikas were done properly. Properly in the Beis Hamikdash. So this is the way Rab Chaim interprets the Rambam and answers the Ravid's question. And Rab Chaim's key point is that the Rambam here is only talking about a case where he did the zrika outside the Beis Hamikdash before he completed the four proper zrikas inside the Beis Hamikdash. So that's the context for this whole halacha in the Rambam, and that's why it plays out differently than the Mishnah on Kofiur Aleph, which is talking about after the zrikas had been completed properly in the Beis Hamikdash. So Rab. Chaim's emphasis is that this Rambam is only referring to the case where he did the Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash in the middle of doing the proper Zrikas before he had completed that in the Beis HaMikdash. That's Rab Chaim's first approach to answer the Rambam. Now in the third paragraph, he suggests a second answer for the Rambam, which is based on a case where there's not going to be an exemption of Shirayim when the blood is in two different cups. So the way he gets there is that the Mishnah in Zvachim Lamid Beis says that someone puzzle who's invalid to do service in the Beis Hamikdash who does the zrika so imyesh dama nefesh yachzar kosher v'yikabel if there's more blood left in the animal then someone kosher someone who can do the zrika should just go ahead and correct the situation by collecting new blood and doing the zrika so there is a way to fix this situation when someone puzzle does the zrika by getting new blood and the same is true in Meila Daf Hey that. If someone puzzle does the zrika, you can correct it by having someone kosher collect new blood and doing the zrika. Because the remaining blood doesn't become shirayim when someone puzzle did a zrika. With the exception of someone tameh. So this is a kohen who theoretically could do the service in the Beis Mikdash, but right now he happens to be tameh. So that situation is worse. And if he does the zrika, then he does invalidate the rest of the blood. It does become shirayim and there's no way to correct it. But even a Tameh, says Rab Chaim, there is a way to correct it if the Tameh did it with the wrong intentions or he did the Zrika in the wrong location, even though there's an opinion in the Gemara that doing Zrika in the wrong location is the same as doing it in the right place. But in this case, where a Tameh person did the Zrika, so now there's two problems, so the Gemara in Zvachman Davchavav says that that's not going to invalidate the rest of the blood. So even though generally a Tameh Kohen is a better zrika in the sense that it does invalidate the rest of the blood, but if it's combined with the wrong intention or in the wrong place, so then it does not invalidate the rest of the blood. And that's what the Rambam in Hilchus Psula Mukdashim Perak Yedalad Alecha Beis writes. Now, the Gemara in Zvachim and Daflamid Dalid adds to this that not only if someone puzzle does the zrika, but also if they do the zrika from a puzzle cup. So let's say the cup of blood was taken outside the Beis Hamikdash and then brought back in, and then he did 
Nidzrika with that Pussel cup. So again, that would not invalidate the remaining blood of this carbon, which does not get the status of Shiraim. So that applies not only if a Pussel person did the Zrika, but also if the cup was Pussel. Now the Rambam in that halacha, in Hochos Psula Mugdashim, the 14th chapter, when he codifies this halacha, that if someone Pussel does Zrika, it doesn't invalidate the rest of the blood. So he makes a key point, which is even though it doesn't invalidate the rest of the blood, so it doesn't make it dachui, it doesn't push off that blood from being able to do zrika, but it doesn't validate whatever blood remains in that cup. So if the puzzle person did zrika from that cup, whatever blood is left in that cup is invalid. So the way Rab Chaim formulates this, what the Rambam is telling us is that even though someone puzzle doesn't create a situation of dachui, so they don't push off the blood from being able to be used because they didn't do a valid zrika, but they do create shirayim. So whatever blood they used, the remaining blood in that cup does transform into the status of shirayim blood, and therefore it can't be used for the zrika. So this is a key point. The Rambam is limiting that the puzzle isn't able to create Dachui, but he is able to create Shirayim. So now we could suggest that our Rambam, which distinguishes between if the blood is in one cup versus two cups, is talking about this case where someone Pussel did the Zrika. So if the blood was in one cup, then the rest of the blood is now Shirayim. So if someone uses it to do Zrika outside the Beis Mikdash, they're going to be Putter because there's an exemption of Shirayim on that blood. But if the blood was split into two cups, so the cup that the Pussel used has an exemption, but the other cup has no exemption because there's no shirayim on that cup and the exemption of dachui doesn't apply to a puzzle. So this would be a case where the Rambam's distinction between one cup and two cups is correct, that the case is where someone puzzle did zrika with some of the blood. So in that case, there's no exemption of dachui, but there is an exemption of shirayim. So whatever's in the same cup as the blood he used is going to be exempt if he does zrika outside the Beis Hamik with it, but whatever was in the other cup, which is not included in the shirayim of the puzzle's zrika, so that would need dachui, and that doesn't apply because a puzzle's zrika is invalid. So that would be a case where the Rambam's ruling is correct. And likewise, says Rab Chaim, if the cup itself was puzzle. So again, there's not going to be an exemption of dachui, but there is an exemption of shirayim. So whatever is in that one cup is going to be exempt because of shirayim, but whatever was in the other cup is not going to be exempt because of Shirayim and also not because of Dachoi. So whatever he sprinkles outside the Beis HaMikdash, he's Chayim. So this would be another example where the Rambam's ruling is correct. Now, Rab Chaim deals with the obvious question, how would you have a case where the cup is Pussel, but some of the blood is still valid for the Zrika so that we need to say it's exempt because of Shirayim? Meaning if the cup is Pussel, so then all the blood is Pussel and we don't need to worry about whether it's Shirayim. Of course, he's not going to be obligated for doing the Zrika outside the Beis Mikdash with that Pussel cup. So Rab Chaim explains that there is a possibility where even within one cup, there could be two types of blood, some of which are valid for Zrika and some are invalid, and they're both in the same cup. And the case would be where originally this blood was collected in one cup, and then they split it after that into two cups, and one of the cups was taken outside the Beis Mikdash. So that cup is now invalid. 
valid, but the other cup is not invalid because it never left the Beis HaMikdash, but it does get the status of Shirayim because the key moment for all of this is when they accept the blood in the vessel and they sanctify that blood. So everything's going to follow that moment if all this blood was mixed together in the same vessel at that moment, then for all time it's connected. And if half the blood ends up outside the Beis Mikdash, then the other half is going to get the status of Shirayim. So again, this could be a potential case for the Rambam that the Kohen collected all of the blood in one cup. So it was all gathered and sanctified together. Then he split it up, took one of those two cups outside the Beis Mikdash, then brought it back in, did the Zrika from that cup, so the other cup is going to get Shirayim, but it's not Puzzle inherently. It just has the status of Shirayim, but it does not have the exemption of Dachoy. But again, that's going to be the case of one cup where the Rambam holds that if he does Zrika, he's Pater. But if they were in two cups to begin with, and then one of them went out and he did Zrika, so the other cup he would be Chayiv if he does Zrika outside the Beis HaMikdash. So Rab Chaim suggests that maybe these are the cases the Rambam's talking about, and that's why it's not a question from the Mishnah, because the Mishnah is just talking about a regular old case where a regular kosher kohen did the zrika. So there, of course, if there's another cup from that blood and he takes it outside and does zrika, he's going to be putter. The Rambam is talking about this unusual case where someone puzzle did the zrika or the other cup was puzzle. So there, there was no valid zrika and that's why he's chayiv. So again, that would differentiate between the Rambam and the Mishnah. This solution, though, is a little more limited because he has to argue that the Rambam is only referring to a very specific case case, but he's not referring to the normal case. So that's Rab Chaim's approach to explain how the Rambam differentiates his halacha from the Mishnah. And the key conceptual point is this idea that the Shirayim happens even in the middle of the Zrika. So it's possible to have blood which is going to be used for Zrika, even though it has the status of Shirayim, and that the remaining blood gets the status of Shirayim before it becomes Dachoy. Because Dachoy only happens when the full Zrika is over and the blood is not going to be used for the Zrika anymore.